Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. It's been a couple of weeks. Uh, we couldn't make it work over the last couple of weeks, but we're excited to be back, Scott and I, for Grand Final Week. Uh, it's the grand final that matters, isn't it? The New South Wales Cup grand final on Sunday at 3 o'clock. Penrith first, the Bulldogs at Combank Stadium. How exciting. Mate, it's super exciting. I remember a few years ago when we tipped Newtown at Leichhardt. Uh, mate, I'm getting nervous already for that. I'm excited. I'm heading out to Combank Stadium. I'm going to be watching it. I'm going to get there early. There's three games of footy on, starting from about 11, yeah, 10.45 gates, 11 a.m. starting time. The Bulldogs don't kick off until 3 I'm going to get there at 11 o'clock. I'm going to sit back and enjoy the day for what it is. Um, mm-hmm. Panthers, great side. That, that, that team could almost compete for the NRL grand final, let alone New South Wales. Yeah, well, I'll tell you it's... what, that team is an NRL side. Um, if you've seen the way Penrith have played this year in that grade, um, they could be the 18th team themselves. We're going to have two Penrith Panthers at this rate. Um, very scary prospect. And the fact is, over the course of the finals and... Um, the last round of the New South Wales Cup, we've actually had a lot of injuries to our squad um, and key, key injuries as well. So we've lost uh, Bailey Biondiono. Yes, uh, Curtis Moran went down uh, last week as well. Um, and it seems like every game that we play at the moment in the New South Wales Cup, we're losing a key player. Yeah, but it's one of those... I was listening to Brandon Wakeham and the confidence is high. We keep finding a way to win games. Uh, that's what mm. matters at this time of the year. It doesn't matter how you... Just win them because it's for the trophy. Yeah. Um, so it's it shows a good fun. So hopefully we don't drop anyone to, uh, on Sunday. We can keep a full fit seventeen squad. Um, we've gone. We've won all the finals games, so we've a bit of momentum behind us. And pipping Newtown. Newtown was probably it's not it's not Panthers uh, the best team. Newtown throughout the regular season were up there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Newtown finished first. They got the minor premiership with a 22-all draw in the final round against us. Um, that secured it for them. They got the week off. Uh, they lost to Penrith in uh, week two. And they lost to the Bulldogs in week three. The Bulldogs team will go through it uh, for this game. It lines up with Credence Toya at fullback. Jaden Ockenborough on the wing with Isaac Lumi Lumi. Paul Alamoni and Declan Casey in the centres. Our back line, our back five in the Swords Cup is, is pretty stacked. Um for the level that we're talking about, which is great. In the uh, in the halves, Brendan Wakeham is the halfback. The 5'8 is Khaled Rajab. And the forwards, Jaden Tanner's having a great season. Ryan Gray at hooker. Joshua Stuckey is the other front rower. He's having a good season as well. Really good season. Reese Hoffman and Jackson Torpenny in the second row of Harrison Edwards at lock. That is a pretty uh, stacked forward, uh, forward lineup as well. The bench now reads Bailey Hayward. Matt Dury, uh, Curtis Morin has been named, but um, I expect him not to be there. And Philip Makatoa. If Morin plays, that's a, that's a, miracle, a little miracle in itself, Scotty. Um, but, yeah, no Skelton as well. Skelton's on the reserve him. list. Yep. Yeah, he's there, which is surprising because, you know, even I think, you know, he would have some value on the bench. I thought maybe... We'll expect to see some change anyway with... Um, with the um with Curtis Morin, so we'll see what's happening um what what the team is when it actually runs out um going forward. But like I said, we've we've had a few injuries lately. Um, and hopefully that doesn't come back to bite us. I think at a full 
Bulldogs at full strength have a chance to win. Uh, however, with those injuries, um, we'll go through the Penrith team in a minute. With those injuries, I think, unfortunately, the game is uh, all for Penrith to take here. Yeah, I, I get me. I, I think you know you're spot on. But however, I know Bulldogs and South Cup side, very very successful team history wise in the, the cup, always making finals and grand finals. We won three in a row at one stage as well. Uh, we won against Newtown a few years back um, when we were outsiders. Mm-hmm. It was against Newtown. Like it's just I don't know something about us and cup. Like it's whatever it is. But when you got a side where you got Matt Dury on the interchange bench. And he can't make a starting side yep. in, in New South Cup. You've got a good forward pack. Uh, that's true as well. Um, it's an eighty-minute performance. That's all it is for the boys. They just need eighty good minutes or eighty great minutes against this Panther side. Because let's face it, we said it; they're a great side. Yep. But just one last eighty-minute performance, and you never know. Uh, could be like a Bulldogs Roosters two thousand and four grand final type of thing. Because <laughs> it looks that's, like a new way. That's right. Before we get on to the Panthers lineup. Two players that are absolutely killing it at the moment in the New South Wales Cup. Perhaps two players that have failed so far to make the step forward into the NRL, bring this kind of form into the NRL. Jaden Ockenbaugh looks like a superstar playing in the New South Wales Cup, along with Brendan Wakeham. They're both in fine form at the moment. That's very true. Wakeham, yeah, it's uh, gone to another level. I thought he was a pretty slow start to the season or the mid part for the season. But yeah, like, like you said, those two... I think Wakeham's still got a chance to make a crack at NRL. I don't think it'll be at the Bulldogs, though. I think you'd mm. have to make a move. Agreed. Um, I think both players, to be honest. If both players are going to go on and have a and make a career out of the NRL, I think it will have to be at other clubs. Yeah. I, 100%. And I think Ockenball, you know, it's going to be one of those big ones. Like, his top grade form sometimes... He's had some really good games in top grade. Let's not take that away from him. Yep. He has, especially when he first got into the team. But he'd be one of those players that... You would miss him because uh, what he's done in New South Cup level for those real passionate Bulldogs fans who care about <laughs> more than the NRL. Like you think of players, I, I think of like players like Michael Lett, who really killed at New South Cup level ten years ago, or so. Adam uh, Bridston. Adam Bridston, Brad Moran, uh, who played a lot of New South mm-hmm. Cup. Uh, I think of people like Dallas McElwain as well, uh, Danny yep. Williams, and stuff like that. You know, who played really good, even if it's only for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, you, you just, a list goes on with some of those players and Ockenball will be one of those players who could be added to that list when you miss them because they've done such a good job mm. in that level. That's right. Yeah, 100%. And like, look at the, the strength of the back line at the moment with Paul Alamotti, Declan Casey, those type of players there as well. you got Skelton coming through. Uh, it's a few other outside backs as well. You'd imagine that Ockenball would probably have to land somebody somewhere else to get an opportunity. Um, but at the moment, they're killing it in this last cup, and they're probably the two most experienced players as far as NRL experience goes. Uh, and that's that might be on show a little bit as the as the level of the New South Wales Cup reaches, goes deeper into the finals, it gets closer and closer to the level of a regular season NRL match. Um, and those guys have the experience under that sort of pace and pressure. So, um, yeah, I reckon it'll be... I've always said this, the finals of the New South Wales Cup is regular season NRL level. It just doesn't feel like that because you're watching the NRL at the moment, which is another two or three steps above regular season NRL. Um, what's your opinion on that? No, I agree. I reckon South Cup uh, is NRL level or maybe slightly better than NRL level when it comes to grand finals or prelim finals. Mm. Um, it is 
at the very least, at the very worst case scenario, I think New South Wales Cup final, what I've watched, thinking back memory bank uh, of all of them, uh, mm-hmm. it is the very least an NRL quality, a good NRL quality game. The all very right. least. But like you said, it you're 100% right, especially finals week one of the NRL finals. Jeez, boy, uh, that was pretty good. Um, you watch those games, and because they're the NRL, they yeah. go up another level to even five, I think, sometimes. Um, then yeah. you watch, watch New South Cup after it, and you go, this is not the same. But it, trust me, this well, game on the weekend will be an NRL plus quality. Absolutely. And i got a theory on that. Uh, we might leave it for an off-season episode, Scotty, but under the current top eight system, we won't go too far into it, I believe week one finals are better than week two overall, over the whole course of the history. Um, and then week three, you, you sort of step back up again, going into the grand final. Where under the old top eight system, it was a gradual build-up. It's a bit different now, but we might leave that for the off-season and really dig into that and maybe pull up some historical evidence to prove uh, that opinion or maybe even disprove that opinion because I haven't looked into the historic evidence. That's crazy you say that. I just want to say that I actually said that the other day, watching the Sharks game. Sharks and Souths. I said week two is not usually as good as week one, but week three goes back up again from week one. Yeah. Let's Thanks. let's get let's get into that a bit Sorry. deeper in the off season. Uh, Penrith lineup for the game on Sunday at three o'clock. Uh, Isaiah Longi is the fullback on the wings. Christian Crichton, Sunny, yes, and uh, you've put me off now. <laughs> Sunia Taruba, uh, Fijian international. In the centres, Robert Jennings and Jack Cole. In the halves, these two players have played a bit of NRL this year and done really well. Kurt yes. Falls and Sean O'Sullivan up front. Lindsay Smith, if you're a fan of any level of football outside of the NRL, you you know how good of a front row forward he is. I think he yeah. also got a crack a couple of weeks ago at the NRL, did he? Yeah, I think so. he got a game this year. Yeah, yep. so, and I've seen him a lot in New South Cup. You're 100 percent right. The other the other front rower, Matt Eisenhoof, uh, did really well at the Tigers with his time at the West Tigers, and when he's jumped up, he's played a bit of that Isaiah Yo role in the NRL this year and done really well there too. I remember a game watching him play with Isaiah Yo out. They put him at lock, and I thought, well, they're going to lose a lot here. Uh, but he sort of filled in those shoes and played very similar as well. He's named at front row this week, so he might not be playing that style, but he is a really, really solid player. The yeah, hooker, player for sure. The hooker, Sonny Look. Sonny Luke, yeah. sorry, he made his NRL debut this year. He's uh, experienced, yeah, he's an experienced player as well. I think he's about twenty six or twenty seven, so he's been around the traps on this sort of level for a while as well. In the second row, Preston Ricky, and for another former Bulldog, Chris Smith, with the lock Jermaine Hopgood, who's had some NRL experience uh, as well over the last and couple of years. And that's his last game for Penrith as well. Jermaine, yep, yeah. is he off? Is he off? Well, there you Far go. Better. There you go. And on the bench, John. Fayumu, Eddie Blacker, who uh, played some NRL at the Dragons, I believe, last year. Liam yep. Henry and Alec Sosino. So, um, yeah, and that team's got a, uh, got Charlie Staines out as well due to um, the top-grade team picking him after the uh, – um, what's his name? Taylor May. May. Yeah, Taylor May. Taylor incident. May, Yeah, perfect. Uh, what did he do? He did his end call and also got like a two-game suspension or something. Yeah. <laughs> like that in the NRL. And yeah, he did. His, yeah, it was. I thought it was a hamstring, but yeah, he did some leg injury trying to yep. score a try. Um, yep, against the Eels. Um, so we'll we'll be cheering very hard uh, for the Bulldogs at three pm on Sunday, just as we would 
uh, LLRL game, that is for sure. Yeah, I must say, going to put it out there, a few years ago, we versed Newtown at Leichhardt, over 8,000 people in a game. Blue and white everywhere, by the way. It looks so good because there's Newtown there. Mm. Bulldogs versus Panthers, two uh, powerhouses in New South Cup. Panthers are a powerhouse in anything at the moment, anything they touch. Mm. Just caught your team the Panthers, you probably start winning games uh, if you're under sixes. Anyway, <laughs> two uh, powerhouse Michelle's Cup sides. Look at that. You look at the likes of Christian Crite and Chris Smith. I'll mention them too. I want to mention them too because they played for the Bulldogs and the Michelle's Cup side. Like you said, they've they got a full stack side. we got players like Jackson Topini, uh, Brent Wakem, Jay Nockenball. Then you've got the likes of Declan Casey, who's a bit of a fan favourite as well in our team. Matt Dury off the interchange bench. It is stacked. Stacked packed both sides, stacked mm. of NRL players and not players who've a lot of players who've actually succeeded in the NRL level as well. Um, mm. we're playing in this New South Wales final. If you remember, I've been informed and I'm going to let them know by who informed me, League Unlimited on uh, social media. Mm. If you got a membership card for the Bulldogs and Panthers, apparently they get you free entry to the game. If not, ten dollars adult tickets, five dollars child and concession tickets. $25 for a family of four people. Pretty so good let's day. get out there. Combank Stadium. Let's see. Why can't we get 10,000 people there at least? Uh, two West, two Sydney. Well, obviously, it's got two New South Wales clubs, I was going to say, but two actual Western Sydney clubs playing in the heart of Western Sydney mm. uh, together. Um, let's get a big crowd. You know, Combank's an epic stand to watch football. There's not a bad seat in the house at Combank. So if you do running a bit late or you're trying to get there only for the three o'clock kickoff with uh, a lot of other games happening, bef- the couple of games before it, there's no bad seat. So don't stress. Get in there, support the uh, support the Bulldogs. Hopefully, get your Bulldogs gear on and see if we you know get a premiership against the Panthers. It'd be an epic win if we can beat the Panthers because they're a great side who've uh, had a good finals run as well. A hundred percent. And I think the only thing that might hurt the crowd on Sunday, Scotty, is the fact that the Penrith Panthers NRL team is still alive as well. Yes. And though they're in North uh, Queensland, but they're still alive. If uh, if they weren't, perhaps an even bigger crowd would have showed up on Sunday. But let's... But um are playing at a call on Saturday. Did you say they're playing at North Queensland? Oh, sorry. Yeah, you fixed <laughs> okay. the heels up. <laughs> you mix the eels. Uh, both, yeah, both Western Sydney rivals. Alrighty, uh, moving on after that one. Um... Has been a while since we recorded, Scotty, due to a couple of different things. But because of that, we haven't even talked about the final round of the NRL for the Bulldogs. Uh, it was at a core stadium. It was in front of 13,648 brave souls that um <laughs> that ended up being greeted by a torrential downpour uh, at times of that first half. I think it started as soon as the whistle blew to start the game. Uh, but it ended with the Bulldogs nail-biting victory, 21 points to 20 over Manly to end the year and win the uh, unofficial Bulldog Grand Final, if you will. Yeah, um, must must say, first of all, tip your hat off to the crowd, 13,000 for a 6pm kickoff. Yeah. I feel it's a good figure. It was tell you what, it, felt, it felt like more. It did. Now, it I'm, I'm very rarely, rare, wary to take people's opinions when they tell me, oh, I was at the stadium and it looked like this much, or I saw it on TV and it looked like this much. But I've, I've been going to a call for a long time. Um, and I said to you at one stage, I think it was around, it was looking close to 17,000 at one stage. So yeah, I don't know if it was... 15. Yeah, you were thinking about 15. don't know if it was underreported, but it felt like more than 
than that figure that was announced. Uh, but you're right, good good crowd for a 6 p.m. Friday. Uh, and that was also the night Allianz opened as well. So just put that in perspective. Allianz was the hottest ticket in town, sold out game, 40 yeah. odd thousand was at Allianz. So I know a lot of fans had a lot of interest, especially, you know, you, we would have lost a lot of neutral fans. Like, if, you know, people going out on a Friday go, going to watch an NRL game. You well, I got home. I got home and watched that game in Allianz. Um, I saw Bulldogs jerseys in the crowd. So. Yeah, I saw that too. We're good. Okay, so it wasn't going crazy. Well, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. And also, I don't. Sorry, Scotty. Uh, I can't actually see you at the moment, but um, congratulations to Manly fans as well because it, it felt like there was a large number of uh, Maroon in the crowd too. Yeah, more than usual. Uh, absolutely. For years gone by, like ten years. I think. Um, we hate them, the Manly, not the fans. We hate the club. Um, yeah. I like to, if you're a fan of uh, NRL, you almost become, or a fan of rugby league, I should say, as a whole, you become my friend and it's up to you to lose that uh, status. Um, <laughs> even if you go for Manly and all that, like I, mm. I love to hate you on the field. I'll leave the hate to the, the field and yeah. all that. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, like this might be an unpopular opinion, but I think watching Manly over the last maybe maybe because of COVID, I don't know, um, and taking for granted to watch a team play a sport, you know, play live a few years ago, you wouldn't take that for granted. Yeah. But maybe people are taking for granted, or well, people have, and now they're not taking for granted anymore. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I feel like Manly fans have travelled pretty good this year compared to previous years, and to say mm. like they had a really good start to the season, but geez, since that Pride jersey, they've really got. Uh, died yeah. in the ass in the year. Absolutely. So for them to turn up for an away where it meant nothing. Like the, I thought when we I looked at it six, seven weeks ago before the game started, I was like, shit, this could be Manly playing for a top eight spot yeah. and we we got to try to ruin the party type of thing. And then it turned out no one was playing for anything, really. <laughs> so, well, Scotty, it was not looking good after the first 17 minutes of the game. No, Manly raced away to a big lead, scoring three tries to nil. And, I, and at that stage in the game, I was thinking, I was having flashbacks to a game a couple of years ago at um at a core stadium where Manly won, I think it was like 40-something to, to nil. <laughs> Might have been 40 to nil, actually. I was thinking, oh, not this uh, not this deja vu again. Um, but the Bulldogs got on the board twice before halftime, Got us in, within touching distance and then really took, uh, well, I wouldn't say control of the game, but we did score three tries to one in that second half. And we'll dive deeper into the events in a minute. But the overall fight shown by the Bulldogs was good to see. It was the final round of the year. And I think the, one of the biggest criticisms of the Bulldogs this year is that, and you've said it a few times, we're not a second half team. We fall away. Are, are they fit enough? Um, to get through a full game, full 80 minutes. Um, and are we seeing, you know, lack of fitness? Is that the reason why we're falling away in games? Well, that was not the case um, on this Friday night. The Bulldogs actually shown a lot of backbone uh, and probably the first time this year, and maybe in a couple of years, where we're down by quite a bit and we managed to uh, pull our way back into the game and then to win it as well. Yeah, it was 100%. It was well, whatever you said after 16 0. I was going to say it felt like there was a bigger crowd than 13,000. They were loud, especially at the end. But when it was 16 0, it was pin drop silence. You mm. to, I felt like someone kicked over a, a beer or something, and you hear that like the actual liquid coming out of the cup. That's how quiet it was at the stadium at 16 0. Because yes, we all had that feeling of that 40 to nil or 40 to six game you're talking about. Um, as he's gone by. But, yeah, it was very pleasing to see, you know, they came, they held on, they kept in it. Uh, it was also very pleasing to see Zach Docker-Clay score his first NRL try. 
it's always nice. Absolutely. See, he came on earlier than expected because of Jerry Marshall King had to go for a HIA. He actually uh, backed up and played the next day as well. Mate, <laughs> Clay is the uh, the man. He's done it's, it a couple times. He did that in New scored. Zealand and came back to Sydney and did that. Yeah, and scored a try as well in the Swiss Cup the next day. Alrighty, let's. Uh, I guess we'll dive into the end of the game. Uh, the Bulldogs making a comeback. We got in. We got obviously close to Manly, and then we have a Matt Burton kick or a couple of kicks getting us out of trouble. Hey, the spiraling bomb put the uh, Manly. Was a fullback under pressure. He drops the ball, gives the Bulldogs an opportunity, and then off the boot of Matty Burden, he kicks the winning field goal with about a minute and a half remaining, and then we end up holding on for the um, the next set to win the game. Um, it was kind of like finals, like the end of the game, wasn't it? Especially yeah. for us when there's no tomorrow in the NRL. I going to say, the Matt Burton spiral, mm. boy, that was... <laughs> Launching that, in a normal condition game, where yeah. no, where weather is fine and no wind, hard to catch. Yeah, it was windy. The ball was wet. The grass is wet. Um, you got to feel sorry for the young fellow behind under the ball um, because it was almost impossible to take. And then, well, fortunately for us, the drop ball happened, gave us another chance. But from the moment it came off his boot, it felt like everyone in the crowd knew. It was going to be a result Bulldogs. Yeah, so that, Bulldogs. That's right. That's what that was the feeling. That's a good way to sum it up. Um, you obviously drop the ball. We get a try. Kyle Flanagan scores in the corner after um, Tabita Pegai Jr., a little flick uh, almost off the ground, inch off the ground before touching, gets the flick. Kyle Flanagan runs around like a winger to score the try. Burden has a chance to kick from the sideline, uh, misses it, but then we, we get down there again and kick the field goal. So um, I guess, Scotty, overall, and Probably take this one with less uh, weight than we've said this this line in previous episodes, but without Matty Burton, without Matty Burton's kicking game, we'd probably don't win the match. Yep, 100%. I agree. I agree. Alrighty, and with that, let's go into the final 3-2-1 of the year and we'll reveal our 2022 Player of the Year. It will roll straight into uh, how that matches up with the awards headed out at the Bulldogs Awards night as well. So, Scotty, I well, let's just keep going with the Burton love at the moment. With that, Burton, um, those big plays, he also kicked for almost 500 metres on the night in those pouring conditions. I've given him the three points. Yeah, I think if you're, you're a regular listener, he's going to be announced something soon for our... <laughs> <laughs> thing, but I won't announce it just yet because we're still going through. I'm going to go for a different player who got three points and a man who's a standing ovation and a man who's uh, a fan favourite of the crowd. I think Maxi King, I uh, thought he played really well. Um, I'm going to get you to read out the stats because the Yes, he played before, 66, 66 minutes, 19 runs, 170 metres, 61 of those metres post contact, uh, two line break assists, 31 tackles. Uh, so, a uh, Enormous effort, and just take into consideration, guys, the conditions of that game as well. So, three points to Maxi King for Scott, and I'm just going to go ahead and announce that he got one point on my three two ones as well. Um, so your two, Scotty, who got your two points then? Maddie Burton, and I'm going to be, <laughs> the reason I'm being slightly harsh, I you know, I love Maxi King, I think everyone who Goes to the Bulldogs like Max King. I think everyone in the NRL loves Max King now. Like now mm. that he's played a consistent year and you've, his story has been now highlighted because he's found himself a spot. Um, it's probably why he might have got the points over for me. But I felt like uh, Burton's was it 
was a match winner. He's a he sealed the game for the for the Bulldogs. Uh, yeah. Don't think it was his. Don't think it was anywhere near his best game for us. I feel like you know the charge down when he aggressively charged down a ball was only going one way, and I was going out. Yeah. Um, I know it's a mistake, and that's I know it's harsh, but I think there was a few little moments in the off memory serves me correctly where he made a few little mistakes. Um, you are right, but those are those are the mistakes you want to see though as well, isn't it? Because you saw uh, he was just competing. He's just yeah. competing. He just went. He just saw it. Opportunity for a charge and done it. Bounce over the sideline, they went, ah, crap. <laughs> like, yeah, well, it was just competing. Yeah. Maybe, th- yeah, maybe I don't know if uh, we've, I've worked for the news segment, actually. I'll put that in later. But I was going to say, yeah, Matty Burton, what a yeah, terrific player. But he did a short dropout mm. in that game, if we remember correctly. And the ball goes into touch, but inside the 10. The touch judge called that it breaks the uh, 10 breaks meter. Breaks the plane. Breaks yeah. the plane at the 10 meter line, which I. For those who don't understand, if you just go past that line, it can swing back with the wind. Yeah, it doesn't have to land over the line. It just needs to break. If yeah, you imagine, so if you imagine the line go from the grass all the way up to infinity, stop, yeah. Um, if it just goes through that line, yeah, it breaks. You could so basically, you could drop kick if the wind's blowing in your face that hard. It breaks the tent. It swings back. You could catch the ball off. Catch the ball on the try line. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Right. I saw that as a Bulldogs fan. Oh, I was. Very thankful that call went our way because that was very touch and go. Yeah. And it was something that I don't know if Manly didn't have a challenge up their sleeve because I thought that would have been a perfect time. It'd be to... it'd be a hard one to overturn though with the, with the way the camera angles are. Yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah, maybe that's point. what came in. But I was thinking, I watched it a few times and a few times I was like, yeah. Uh, it was close. It was definitely yeah, it was close. close. In low situations, to the touchy is going to be in the best spot, isn't it? Yeah, no, I'm, I was going to say, give it to the touchy. When it comes that close, he's going to give yeah. it to the person on the spot. But I was right. saying, you know, you couldn't argue if the touchy said, you know what, didn't break the 10, penalty manly in front. Yeah. Very lucky, very lucky. That's all I wanted to highlight because I just well, remember that. Very nervous for that core. For two points, I went with Tavita Pengai Jr. He had um, 45 minutes off the interchange bench, a try assist that we touched on. He had 11 hit-ups for 165 run metres. 48 of those were post-contact metres. He had three uh, tackle breaks, uh, two offloads, and he made uh, 17 tackles. But he's not the workhorse in defence, so that doesn't matter too much. He got my two points. And, Scotty, that just leaves your one point uh, for the round. Before I give you the one point, yeah, good uh, return from Tavita because he was playing New South Cup against Newtown the week before in the final round. So, good yep. return game. So, he went one game in New South Cup, then back in the top grade. Yep. Yeah, for Tavita. So, it was a good, re- uh, good response. My one point goes to the uh, man who scored a try. Uh, one of the tries is Carl Flanagan. Uh, I felt like he was just everywhere in that game, and I thought he did a little bit more kicking, and uh, he launched a spiral as well. Uh, yeah, so, just for his stats, one try, one try assist, eight runs, 53 metres. Uh, he took. He had one line break assist as well. And he had four kicks for 117 metres. Yeah, I was going to say, he's, yeah, and he was involved in heavy in the first half, and I thought you know, some of his kicks uh, were pretty good in the conditions. Again, eight runs for 53 metres for a half is not bad in any conditions, but you add the fact that it's raining, it's wet. Um, yeah. It becomes a bit harder sometimes, to, you know, get through those metres. Yep. I just, I just remember him just, oh, that was more not on stats, more me just watching him being around everything. Alrighty, and let's go through the list so we can now reveal the 2022 uh, podcast player of the year, which is basically just mine and yours <laughs> player of the year. It is uh, Maddie Burden, who got 44 points. 
The second player was Paul Vaughan on 30 points. So 14 points ahead of Paul Vaughan. Uh, Josh Adekar came in third on our tally of 27. Then it was uh, Max King on 21 and Jeremy Marshall King on 18. Followed by uh, Raymond Fatale Mariner, Aaron Shop, and Kyle Flanagan on 12 points. Jacob Correa's got 10 with Corey Waddell. Luke Thompson and Braden Burns both scored 9. Jake Avarillo, Tavita Pengai Jr. on 8. Matt Dufty on 7. Declan Casey, 6. Josh Jackson, 5 points. And Brandon Wakeham, 1 point. There you go. Um, so congratulations to Matt Burton to be the first actual person who's not a prop <laughs> to win an award. Aidan Tolman won it. The original just, podcast player of the year. Just shows us how... Well, it's now called the Aidan Tolman Award, obviously. Um, yeah. It just shows how many poor seasons we've had that we've had to give it to like workhorses in the middle, uh, uh, um, generally speaking, daily abs and that type of thing, you give it to the flashy players, don't you? So, interesting. Congrats. His first full season at half as well, in the half, so um, fantastic to him. And we've got a couple more congratulations to give to Matt Burden in a second. So let's go through the, uh, Scott, you've got the list of the Bulldogs Award Night. Yeah, but actually before we go through the list of the Bulldogs Awards Night, we, we mentioned Aiden Tolman, the Aiden Tolman Award. So congratulations to Matt Burton for winning the, the Tolsey or whatever you want to call it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, massive congratulations to Aiden Tolman who uh, did announce his retirement early in the year, um, but finished off with the Sharks. He played a massive uh, chunk at the Bulldogs and he did well at the Cronulla Sharks as well. Um, sadly, that it finished a bit earlier than normal. So well done, Aiden Tolman, on a fantastic career. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening, Aiden Tolman... Uh, Want to come on our podcast? <laughs> but yeah, we'll go through the list of uh, awards. Um, so the members player of the year, which uh, they agreed with us, the members, because I mm. think we voted in this, Matt Burton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, congratulations, Matty Burton, on, on that award as well. She's got the Tolsey and the Members Award. Yeah, the Tolsey Members Award. There we go. I think he would appreciate the Tolsey Award a little bit more. if you know, <laughs> I mean, A bit of prestige in that one. Uh, the coaches player of the year, which is often goes, you know, someone who, you know, probably goes unsung for most people or most fans. Mm. The coach, you know, the coach, you know, can highlight things that maybe the average fan doesn't. Well, he's probably just looking for something different to the average fan. That's true. Certain mm. things. I don't know if it comes with training as well, like things that people mm. do at training, but well deserved Max King, who's had a terrific first full year in top grade, I think, you know, without injury. Yeah. You're right. Attitude at training, all that sort of thing, would, would play a, a role in that as well. The, yeah, the 100%. The Peter Warren Community Award uh, goes to the one and only, and this is no surprise. I don't think anyone, because he's one of the best, in the, one of the best in the biz when it comes to community. Mm. Brand for Talent Mariner. I reckon Josh Adekar might push for that next year, though. Well, I say well we always we always know who's going to win that award because it's always the nomination for the um, the NRL's version of that award, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much, and he was already nominated before. Um, yep. Rookie of the Year uh, goes to a young gun, Jacob Carraz. Yeah, well, you'd hope it'd go to a young gun. <laughs> well, yeah, but you could be a rookie at 27. Yes, but you could be, you could be. Uh, and, well, you can't argue with that award, can you? Jacob Carraz has come in and had a, a big effect um, on the team overall and showed a touch of brilliance um, at different times throughout the year, so well-deserved. Terry Lamb Award, which is the New South Cup Player of the Year, uh, and someone who's agreed on a two-year extension and definitely made it known when he was doing his uh, media pr- conference this week about the grand final, Jackson Topini. 
Yeah, and congratulations on that. You can't really argue much with that. He's he's had an impact in every game I've seen of the New South Wales Cup this year, playing on an edge. Uh, that right side, that right foot sidestep has been an absolute killer uh, this year. Uh, Brad Fittler style doesn't do the Benji jump or whatever, just bang off off the uh, off the right foot there and through. It's caused a lot of trouble to a lot of defences, and I think that was the biggest sigh of relief I've had for such a long time, Scotty, when I heard the news that Torpenny had re-signed for two years because we're getting a bit worried about the lack of noise about. Uh, Torpenny moving forward, weren't we? Yeah, it was rumours that Super League were calling. Um, I'm surprised that Dolphins didn't come calling, to be honest. Yeah. He would have added a bit of youth in that pack. and you know, But an old head on young shoulders as well. I, I see that with him. He's very, very mature above his age. Uh, he's always yeah. been good with his fans. And thing, but you could not wipe the smile off his face in the media conference when he told the two years. The grand final week, he was saying, and a two-year extension. It's a pretty good week for Jackson. He would say so himself. Uh, Bailey Haywood won the Jersey Flag Player of the Year. Uh, the young yep. half, uh, who looks like he's got a future. I reckon he's Nishwa's cut. Well, he definitely is. He's played played um, a third of the season in Nishwa's Cup and didn't look out of place at all. Um, coming through, he, he actually probably added something to the team in his time up there. Uh, it probably plays into Brendan Wagner probably needing to leave as well. Um, but yeah, he's one to watch going forward. And um, from all reports, he's done really well in the flag. And uh, from the games I said, he played in the Cup this year. Fantastic. And the Dr. George Proponis Award, which is the Player of the Year Award, mm-hmm. goes to a departing player, but goes to, I think, a fan favourite, Jeremy Marshall King. Yep. And which is Max King's half brother, apparently. Possibly, no. Yeah. No, no, but Jerry Marshall King, I reckon, you know, well, well deserved. I thought, oh, well, thought you're definitely at least, you know, up for the uh, award. Yep. Um. I, obviously, we we think Matt Burton should yeah. should have got that. We can't say, but uh, Jerry Marshall King did poll high. Uh, you look at certain things. I actually thought Max King was actually going to steal it at one stage. Uh, always mm. looking at uh, the players of the Player of the Week award on social media, Max King got a lot of those. Um, but yes, uh, if my understanding is correct, the Dr. George Proponis Players Player uh, Players Award is uh, voted by the players and coaching staff with uh, a point system. Well, it was a couple of years ago, anyway. Um, mm. So you know, again, highlighting what you see on the field as well. Um, you might get a different view sometimes in the grandstand and those little things on the field that players do well. And I thought Marshall King, particularly after he signed that contract or once that uh, signature became announced, it looked like the weight of uh, the world was taken off his shoulders and he just ran. And he 100%. ran well. And he ran well too. 100%. Now, Bulldogs in the news. There hasn't been a lot in the news recently due to the fact that we didn't make the finals in the, in the NRL uh, and, and obviously not the things that we've already touched base on. But there has been a report, Scotty, yesterday that the Bulldogs have tabled a $3 million bid to lock up Matt Burton over four seasons. Um, so obviously whenever we're talking about millions and millions of dollars, the question comes, is that a good deal for the club? Is that a good deal for the player or that sort of thing? So the report says that it looks like Matt Burton is happy to stay. Uh, and wants to stay at the club. Uh, for $3 million over four years is $750,000 a year, which I think, I'll start off with this, Scotty, if that comes off, if Matty Burden signs for $750,000 a year for four years, that is uh, a very good deal for the club. 
I think that's getting getting Matt Burton not unders. Yeah, I can't argue with that because I was going to say when I heard that and read that, I was doing the maths in my head and pulled the calculator out um, to work out the year. 750,000. I think I'm kind of hoping Matt Burton doesn't listen to this at all. <laughs> I'm thinking uh, he, he could probably easily get 900, 850,000 at another club. Yeah, I reckon the clubs would offer a million to. So possibly even a million. You've got the Dolphins coming in next year. We're not talking about them specifically, but that means there's 17 teams now, not 16, going after you, after your players. So 750000 a year for Matty Vernon, that's an absolute steal for the club, I believe. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I, with the new TV deal coming shortly as well, um, yeah, th- I'd say, you know, um, well, the NRL keeps reporting actually profits, even during COVID. Like yeah. big profit. So you can only imagine the salary cap will go up. I um, don't know. Maybe there's a thing in the deal. If the salary cap goes up percentages, he can go up with that. Like, so he could knock yep, over 800,000. I'm sure um, there'll be origin bonuses uh, on top of the finals. origin payments, Australian bonuses uh, on top of that as well um, going forward. And he might be playing for Australia this year, possibly, because, Scotty, not only on Sunday is it the NRLW semifinals, it's also the PM 13 doubleheader, so the Australian Prime Minister's 13 up against the Papua New Guinean Prime Minister's 13 in both females and male match back-to-back, so four games at Suncorp Stadium. If you're not at uh, Bank West Stadium or Combank Stadium, get to Suncorp Stadium, I suppose, because we've actually got some Bulldogs players in that match, Scotty. We do. We have the Fox Josh out of car, absolutely robbed from an origin jersey, but Let's all talk about that. And number two. <laughs> you think a Prime Minister's jersey makes up for the Orange jersey? <laughs> no, well, it's he, he looks like he's going to play for Australia, I reckon. Um, well, especially with um, the amount of players that are putting their hand up for the Pacific Island nations, which I think is great. Uh, even Joseph Suli'i has uh, yes, said he's going to play for Samoa now. From since our last podcast? Yes, yes, Suli'i. He's playing for Samoa at the World Cup, so that's fantastic. Uh, but means that it might be less competition for Adakar to get well, that no, kangaroo's the, journey. The Fox should be in there, no doubt about it. I think he's had a great year. Uh, Matty Burton will be wearing number six. Uh, yep. and watch out. Watch out, P&G, because those torpedoes are coming your way with Berto, Berto's left foot in the time. What about this guy? Number 14 on the interchange bench. The fan favourite. Coach's player of the year, Max King. Gets a reward for his great season. And Jake Averillo. Uh, who's shown some potential, or well, showed a lot at fullback, got into the fullback jersey and shown a lot of excitement, is wearing the number 18. Absolutely. So, do you have the this whole team list there, Scotty? I can pull it up. Yes, I've I got, can do. Yeah, okay, cool. So, the thing I wanted to point out, though, is Matt Burden 6, jersey number 8. Tino Fasawa Malawi. Apparently both are tipped to be in the World Cup squad too in a couple of weeks. Um, that might <laughs> might cause some interesting uh, breakfasts and, and lunch times over in England. Mate, I I reckon how good, you know what, you know, they had the origin team. They, they hugged it off after the Bulldogs-Titans game. Um, yeah. They were able to reunite and as much as I took my hat off to Tino. Uh, I mean, he was—he probably dog, he did dog punch Burton. It was a dog punch. But yeah. the way he handled himself that game, copying yeah. the wanker chance and the abuse of... Which was actually good fun for the fans. They got every right yeah. to do that to him. It wasn't... 
it's good for the game overall too really like probably sold yeah. a few thousand more tickets to that game uh, because yeah, so of what happened and all that sort of stuff so yeah that was a bit of the thing but they they handled it well i reckon a few beers over in england i'm sure they will have a good couple of good bonding sessions before the world cup kicks off and i'm or sure even both, after the world cup. both players are professional players too and i don't mean yeah. they're professional because they've got an nrl contract the way they handle themselves their personas that type of thing they're both very professional athletes so i'm sure they'll be able to uh work together uh, and, and play, put the best foot forward for both of them to uh, to represent the country um, as well going forward. So I don't think that's going to be a thing, but just an interesting yep. thing to, no, to smile at for fans, I suppose, and members. Very, uh, no, very, very interesting. Um, but yeah, that I didn't look, I knew he was in the squad, I didn't know what number he was in. Yeah, and interesting, Scotty, Maxi King's got another half-brother, Josh King, <laughs> be playing oh, with the Provence team as well. well. He went to <laughs> Melbourne to follow Maxi, and Maxi went off to Canterbury. <laughs> He's had a good year, Josh King, as well. The former Newcastle Knight and now at Melbourne Storm. Obviously, I'm pretty sure there's no relation there, but um, it's funny. There's a few Kings running around at the moment. Yeah, no, it's it's a popular last name. It's, it's turned into Smith of the NRL world. <laughs> yeah, that, that and uh, Fafina at the moment. Yeah, Jesus, a few of them running around, isn't it? You got well, in rugby league worldwide. We've got two David Fafitas, and Andrew Fafita, or Jojo Fafita. There's, there's a lot of Fafitas, and I'm pretty sure there was um, oh, going off the off the memory here. I think there was a Fafita or a couple of Fafitas playing local league in Tonga rugby league that were on the cusp of playing for um, Tonga international team as like as domestic player reserves. So. Jeez. And then there's a few Fafitas that play Tonga Rugby Union as well. So Fafita <laughs> is becoming a very common name in rugby league as well. But Scotty, seeing we're talking about names and how common they are, I think it's probably a good time to wrap up this podcast. We'll be back a couple of times in the off-season for a couple of um, different style of episodes, I suppose. But uh, thanks for listening to this one. If you got through this far, uh, go support the boys on Sunday, whether you're going to Parramatta or Brisbane. Um, and go the Bulldogs. Hopefully we get some silverware this weekend and uh, we get to back it up and play on NRL Grand Final Day as well. Yeah, that'd be nice. I hope to see... I'll be at Convent Stadium on Sunday. I hope to see a lot of blue and white uh, fans there. So I'll catch you guys on Sunday afternoon. Um, and yeah, let's hopefully we play them and then play at NRL Grand Final Day. <laughs>